0: Right, Charles Moskowitz here. Ron Blake is my guest. Ron, you have an interesting project going on with regard to uh, traveling in, I believe, all 50 states and getting signatures. It's kind of an interesting thing. It looks kind of humorous getting you on The, on the Tonight Show, I think it is. Talk about, let's start with that. What, what are you doing out there? What's your project?
1: Well, um, it's just, I mean, it all, I guess the best way to start is just where it started. Um, I almost lost my life in a sexual assault. There was a night three men came into my home. I was held down, sexually assaulted, and it all started from there. I was diagnosed with PTSD, um, and on a very suicidal night, um, I was ready to take all my pills. I had planned this out. Um, I had no quality of life left. I was wiped out, and at some point, I just happened to look up at the TV and the late show with Stephen Colbert was on. And at some point I laughed, and I just remember I paused the show and sat there for a few minutes, and it began this quixotic journey. I decided I'm going to get on this show. I'm going to finally tell my story of what happened. I'm going to start talking, and I decided I'd, I'd have to learn how to meet people. And it just that's how it began, and I, I went on this journey all over the country to talk to people, and it it, it just became... I don't know. A lot, a lot of things in life, they just happen. And people started talking to me and sharing their stories and writing them on these boards. And now I'm about 30,000 strangers I've walked up to and engaged with.
0: No, I mean, PTSD is a real thing. I mean, I, I, I have no doubt about that. I know people have had it. Somebody very close to me was sexually assaulted. And um, that's very negatively affected her life. And she's got anxiety that... Um, that probably will follow her for the rest of her life. I hope not. But it's, it's a very serious condition. Um, can you talk a little bit about the actual PTSD and, and how you cope with that? And do you think that there is a cure for it? Or is, is it something that uh, is just a permanent condition?
1: Well, I mean, I tell people it's a chronic condition. I mean, you're going to live with it for the rest of your life. Some people think mistakenly, some of even my friends and family, after three or six months of me going out and meeting people around the country, they said, oh, he's cured. And I thought, oh, please <laughs> don't tell people that because I think it gives people a false impression about what it is. Is It's it's like, to me, it's a chronic illness. You learn to deal with it because you're going to have triggers for the rest of your life. You can't stop moments, memories that come back or triggers. So, I mean, but there's a difference too. People think that you're going to always be Incredibly impaired for the rest of your life, and that's not true. You can actually learn how to manage it with a lot of illnesses Um, But it's one of those things like for me. I'm a lot better than I was four years ago I mean, I'm having a conversation with you. This is something I wouldn't have done four years ago I didn't want to be around people. I was incredibly angry with the world. So it is a manageable illness
0: Mm mm-hmm and uh, You're you came to my attention because I got a press release And that says that uh, that seems to say, and and you know, certainly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you believe that uh, President Trump is triggering a PTSD epidemic in the country because of his racism and because of his comments against people. At least according to you, that that are anti, you know, anti against people because of their race. Um, Talk a little bit about that.
1: I just, I mean, in terms of. And I don't go after people politically. I've just on this journey I've been on for almost 1,400 days. I stay out of the politics of it. But what I do say is, anytime you have any leaders, any any people that are notable that are that have a a pulpit, a bully pulpit, if you will, um, if they're spewing any kind of hate or they're spewing any kind of anger, it really impacts people. And I, when I meet all these thousands of people, they talk about it. They tell me um, whether it's at their city council meeting whether it's coming from Washington, D.C., whether it's coming from their state houses, if they hear people that are very angry and, and bringing this kind of hate and anger into the world, it, it bothers them in an incredible way because these are policies, for example, like at a city council meeting, if somebody's ranting and raving and yelling, that's as local as it gets. And, and these are people that live down the street from you. So <laughs> whatever we say and do, it impacts each one of us. And then a lot of times what happens is people have to pull away from these uh, leaders and not watch them because it's just, it's too hard for them to, to deal with this. So um, it can come from all levels of government. It can come from, like I said, somebody that's down the street from you. Um, I just, I mean, a lot of times you can have your viewpoints, but there has to be some kind of compassion that's behind it. We have to respect each other.
0: Right. And I also think that Anger is something that can be in response to something that's real, that we should be angry about, um, and um, the fact that we would have trouble coping with an expression of anger, an open expression of anger over something that we feel somebody may be expressing anger over injustice, or um, you know something that uh, that that might mobilize people to be angry and to then try to correct the problem. Um, you know i think that that we have to cope with that you know sometimes it's not always pretty but you know the, the, the there is things there are things in life that can be um can be problematic and that we we need to be angry about it i mean i would think that you for example might be angry at the people who attacked you
1: oh sure yeah, yeah and I so. i i told people i said i have to find a way to channel that anger because four years ago I used to channel it in a very different way. I mean, well, I started isolating and that got worse and worse. I didn't know how to be around people. And then when I would get around people, I'd have explosive bouts of anger. So I decided I had to learn how to channel that. Otherwise it's just useless energy. <laughs> I told people, right, for sure. yeah, and you've got it. So yeah, you're you're right. I have anger left over from um, from a lot of the situation, but I've tried to help with the social justice um, changes. I, I was asked to testify in front of a Senate Judiciary Committee and I did um, we were able to pass a rape survivor bill because of that. So anyway, so that anger was put in in a good, um, uh, channel for me. So I'm, I'm trying a lot of different ways. I'm on a speakers bureau now that I go around and and help with, um, talking to other survivors. I've spoken at 22 colleges. So those are sort of the ways that I'm trying to channel that anger, but it, I don't know if that anger, (laughs) I've got a little bit of Irish in me, so I guess that's always going to be in me, but This is more than just Irish anger, I have um, that expression that people use, but um, I'm finding a a better way to handle it.
0: Okay, my guest is Ron Blake, and he is uh, you're really becoming quite a a figure in terms of championing this issue of PTSD and um, a public face of that. And um, that to me is very important. Um, I follow politics, I'm a former radio talk show host, I'm an author. And uh, I've followed the Trump administration. And I think that your claim that President Trump is spewing racist ideas is misplaced. And I say that respectfully. I think that the problem there is that the media, which opposes Trump for political reasons, not because they don't like him, but they don't like his agenda, which is fine. That should be debated in the public square. I think instead of doing that, and instead of debating the issues that he presents and that he represents, they try to focus on attacking him with these kinds of names. He's racist. He's sexist. He's homophobic. He's xenophobic, and all these other things. And um, I think it's them that are flanning those flames by jumping on everything he says and twisting it and taking it out of context and Trying to claim that he has something against this group or that group lately now it's he doesn't like Jews apparently, putting aside the fact that his daughter's a jew that's beside the point. The thing is that because he says something and it's not this polished fancy you know you know bland thing that most politicians like to like to talk he they that's his, they view it as his achilles heel, and they attack him, and they're using people like you and people who have Post-traumatic stress syndrome by stimulating that in you and saying, "Look at this! He's doing this!" and you, you know, it's it's you 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 know you're, you're getting stirred up. So it's resulting in a a national problem, in an epidemic, but it's misplaced. It is the media that is fanning these flames. I don't know if you listen to MSNBC or CNN, and I mean it's day after day of just this absolute, you know, intense rage with these crazy conspiracy theories about Russia collusion and, and, and all this, it's, it's worse than, in a way, what, what was going on in the McCarthy era. You know, it's this fear-mongering and this, this personal vendetta. And, and I think that that's really the locus of this rise in, in, um, in post-traumatic stress. Not President Trump. I'm not saying he's a perfect guy. I mean, he can be very cruel, and very crude, but he's often cruel and crude. He's an equal opportunity, crude guy. I mean, he's not crude against someone because of their race. He's crude because they attacked him or because he doesn't like what they stand for. And I don't like that style. I hold that against him. But this whole idea that he's, you know, fanning flames of racism and that he harbors those views, I just think that's, that's false and it's misplaced.
1: Well, for me, anytime I see anybody, again, it, it doesn't matter if I'm, um... When I come across people, oftentimes we won't talk about politics. We'll talk about what they're going through. And a lot of people will tell me, hey, you know, I'm still struggling really badly. I think that's why the project I've done is, has done so well, is because for all intents and purposes, I stay out of the religious and the political uh, realm. I just, I talk to people where they're at. They're humans. And, and, um, So I sort of, when I meet with people, I leave that all behind and say, okay, what are you dealing with? You know, I'm vulnerable with them. They're vulnerable back with me. Um, And I think, honestly, that is, again, why this project's worked so well and so many people have opened up to me. Um, And if they want to talk about where the anger is starting from or or where the uh, ground zero of all the... The moments of, of hate and anger, they're going to start opening up to me about that. But for the most part, I try to stay away from the politics. But I do hear people, believe me, they'll start opening up and they'll tell me that there's Hello. dysfunction in Washington or um, in their state capitals. And and I hear that. But this project wouldn't go very far if I started coming to people with all this religion and um, and all the politics. They People shy away from that. And they I think that's been one of the – but I, I do hear – and. I do have my beliefs on a lot of things, um, but like I said, I meet people where they're at. They're people to me. And I think that's where right. we're, gonna, we're gonna make changes in this world when we start addressing. Um, I mean, if people are upset or if they've been through a sexual assault or they've stepped in an IED when they were in Afghanistan and lost a leg, I mean, it's gonna, we're gonna understand where the PTSD is coming from and we, we have to open up those dialogues. And then a lot of times too, we have to be able to say, okay, how are we gonna get you better? How are we gonna get better through this? And that's really where I want to, I, like, I, for example, I was in El Paso a couple years ago, well before the shooting, met 500 people that signed the boards, told me their stories. I'd love to be able to get back there and find out, okay, you guys met me two years ago. How many of you guys were impacted by that shooting in Walmart? And then, you know, open up those yeah, dialogues sure. with them. Um, yeah. And and, and 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 also,
0: just as a separate issue, we ought to look maybe even scientifically at what's going on with these people who are committing mass murder and why? what kind of rage is that and what's really triggering that. And I think that's something that's not being done by any side because everybody wants to politicize it and try to blame. And it, it, it's in a way, it's, a, it's an epidemic now, and it's something that we should look at it the same way we look that the, the uh, FAA looks at an airplane crash. You know, every time there's an airplane crash, the FAA goes in and they take a look. What happened? Was it a design flaw? Was it uh, overstressed, you know, components? Was it human error? And they try to learn from the mistakes so that they can lessen the likelihood of it happening again. That's how we should approach this, not getting it, getting into a political thing. So I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, you're talking to people one-on-one because every situation is different. And, you know, I, I caution this only because I see, you know, your press release is pretty political. And you do say, you know, Trumpism and that this is all Trump triggering this phenomena. And I think a lot of people are convinced that he is. But I would ask people to open the, the, the lens a little bit and just look at a possible political agenda that might be associated with this and that there are people who want to stop his movement. They don't like what he stands for, which is fine. But let's have the debate on the political stage, not let's let's stop this kind of like, oh, you know, this kind of demonizing and this labeling of, of people, because it's not true. And it's it's just, um, it's destructive, and it hurts people.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know the media, um, they have been covering, I think that's the point, too, um, where a lot of people in this country, they are seeing a lot of the media, it, it's continuous Trump, Trump, Trump. And so that is a big story. And so when you said, um you know in the press release it talks about this well yeah i mean the news does talk a lot that this is this is something that trump is is causing and and bringing a lot of hate and anger into people's lives so but like i said this is when i meet people i'm not going to meet them there I, I actually just say hey let's let's just open up a dialogue and talk and then that's where we're going to make change and I, i've told people over and over and over again I mean, I could sit there and pick a side, if you will. <laughs> and we're not. No, we're no, to have-
0: and and again, I would suggest that he's not bringing hate and anger to people's lives. Um, it's it's being portrayed that way by a media that wants to to stop his political agenda. So they they they're uh, making this into a, a thing like that, and they're using people like yourself to uh, by stirring you up and by you know they they don't care about you, you know about your welfare. And, and also, you know, look, the, the, um, the anti-Trump forces are really starting to gather intensely right now, and they're, they're trying to work this agenda now that the Russia thing has fallen off. They're going to work the, you know, something against black people, which is ridiculous. I mean, the man, there's no evidence, anyone who's ever studied his career, looked at his business, has read his books, there is absolutely, it's absurd. There's nothing against black men and women. It's ridiculous he may, if he criticizes someone who happens to be black, he's not criticizing their race. He's criticizing something about them. I mean, I think that's in a way, and he criticizes a white person in the same way. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a terribly destructive agenda and it, it, it does trigger people who have had post-traumatic stress because it's, it's the way they handle it is so angering and so stressful and they're demonizing him so much and and turning him into this monstrous character that yeah, I mean, I feel triggered. I mean, everyone does, you know, it's hard not to.
1: Yeah. And I, and again, I keep going back to when, if um, some of the journalists have followed me around, actually there were three that followed me for three months. And then they, they actually got nominated for an Emmy award about a documentary about what I do and go out, but they got to see what I do. The answers, the solutions to our problems in this world a really, if people want to watch this documentary, that's it. It's just people engage me. I engage them. We leave. We don't we're really not trying to place the blame anywhere. We're saying we're struggling. What can we do to get better? And we're meeting each other again where we're at. We're, we're struggling. If, if after 9-11, I mean, <laughs> People said, "Let's just let's save these people that are in the World Trade Center. If there's anybody left, let's save them." Nobody Bye. sat there in the first day or so and said, "We're going to place blame." the The key was, we've got to help each other, and that's where this journey that I've been on. This is what I do. I say, you know what? We got a lot of people hurting. I, I'd love to be able to go to back back to El Paso here soon, and again meet those folks that I met and just say, "Hey, where are you guys at right now? What can we do to help each Good other?" Good idea. And I, I where, where really, can
0: someone where can somebody see your documentary? By the way,
1: um, well, it's it's called the Blake Project on YouTube, okay. um, and then I mean people can go to the Blake Late Show on Facebook and or Instagram. There's just and I to me I encourage people to go to the the Facebook and Instagram because I put posts about the people I'm meeting, people that are going through some of these issues with PTSD, um, various traumas they've been through. And I want people to be able to see like their brothers and sisters that are struggling, but also, too, the people that are finding triumph to get through this. But you're right, Charles. I mean, the thing is, if, we're, if we sit here and just keep placing blame and saying this side did this, this side did this, we're going to we're never going to get anywhere. And we've got to really pull back and start saying, what are we going to do to help each other? Um,
0: you know, you so I mean, Ron, you you are genuinely a real victim here. There's no question about that. You're not a phony victim like a lot of people and you're trying to do good, and I admire that. Um, you're also trying to get media attention, which I admire. Look, I, I would like media attention. Who wouldn't? I mean, I'm, I'm doing this show. You see my fat face on, tele, on, on <laughs> YouTube, right? So, I mean, I'm not trying to be hypocritical here. I get that. But I would just caution you only in that with the election coming up and with the anti-Trump hatred being churned up, I'm hoping that you don't fall into the temptation, and it's very tempting, believe me, of joining that bandwagon for the sake of getting on the big media and leading a charge that Trump is making everybody sick mentally because that is a hook, and you'll get, you're going to get the big media swinging the door open and saying, come on in. This is great. You know, Trump is, you know, they've already tried the Trump is mentally ill thing anyway. What the hell? So, look, I mean, I get the temptation I almost wouldn't blame you if you went that way because you are trying to do a good thing and maybe it requires a little bit of cutting a few corners to get there because, I mean, we all want to get on the big media. But I just hope you don't go that way. I mean, I know that it's hard not to because in this atmosphere, you get rewarded if you do.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I just, And I've told people I've tried like heck to, uh, to just stay stay the course. I mean, for me... I didn't, you know, people say, well, you're trying to get media attention. Well, of course, I'm, I, of course, there's nothing
0: wrong with that. But the, but the thing is, you want to do it the right way. You want to do it for the right reasons, not because you see an entrance. And again, I get the fact that everybody, I mean, this was years ago. I was contacted in Boston because that's where I am. It was, there was a big local story that was making national news. This, uh, this young woman, she was a nanny and she was from Britain and she was in this country and the baby died under her care. And what should we do about her? And she was being held. And there was all this, you know, political n- gnashing of teeth. And I was called, because I was a talk show host at the time, by, by a big news outlet. They wanted me to say something that would fit into a narrative of the right. You know, oh, you know, she should be home and barefoot and pregnant or something crazy. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not going to, I don't believe that. But if I had said, if I'd gone along with it, I would have been on the big networks. Right. You know what I'm saying. In other words, if you speak their narrative and if you go with what they want you to say, they're gonna. The doors will swing open to you, and it's very difficult not to walk in those doors. Especially when you're trying to do something good. You're a nice guy. I can see that. You're trying to do good here, and so it's hard to say no to, you know, you know Stephen Colbert. You know, when the door and he spews. Talk about spewing hatred. I'm sorry. I don't find him funny at all, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's hard not to. So I get that. And I just would caution you not to, to go that way or to try to not compromise too much, you know, if you, if you are going to get political. And by the way, there's nothing else, absolutely nothing wrong with opposing Trump in the coming election. That's fine. That's politics. But just be careful with the, the, the tense and rising Trump hatred agenda, yes. is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think to some degree, I mean, I'll do the best I can. I, I think you. the thing is to keep your message totally pure. It's very difficult. I mean, I can still. But I've noticed is this I spent 11,000 hours trying to get on a TV show for five minutes. And I told people it's not really about some people think, oh, it's about fame and fortune. You want to have your 15 minute. I ah, God, I could find a thousand other ways that I could have found fame and fortune. This is you either. You either get it or you don't. Like I told people, there aren't many people in this world that are going to spend 11,000 hours of their life not getting paid to get on a TV show for five minutes. It's because it's symbolic. And and a lot of people in this journey have seen that. And whether they're from the right or the left, they've liked it. And they've jumped on board with me and said, let's get you oh, on yeah. the show.
0: And, and it's some a of the people- cause. And I'd I, I like to see you get on the show because of what you're doing. And yeah, you know, you want to get on these programs because you're promoting a good cause. At the same time- a little fame and fortune is not a bad thing either. So I'm just saying, you know, it's hard to kind of navigate these things. It's a very complicated subject, and uh, I hope, you, you know, it's hard not to sell your soul a little bit. Anyways, uh, Ron, give out some information about where you could be reached, how people can view your videos, and how they could get more information about you.
1: Yeah, and, and for the next probably week, the website's going to be down. Um, people have been helping me try to change it to a different format. Um, I mean, when the website is back up and running, hopefully soon, it's called blakelateshow.com. Uh, otherwise, they can go to Instagram and Facebook and see so many posts. It's Blake Late Show on there. And then again, mm-hmm. the documentary, it's called The Blake Project, um, and that's on YouTube. And I a lot of times too people think that's all about me no i mean the three journalism students from arizona state university that followed me for those 3 months they did an incredible job and i think journalists don't get enough credit sometimes cuz they're they're put in a bad light these journalists i mean they're students they weren't getting paid and they went out and they produced a story that wasn't it wasn't good or it wasn't bad it was it was just journalists when they're doing their job it's it's about telling a story and it's not from one side or the other. And that's why a lot of times I, I want to give them a lot of credit, and I want people to watch that documentary to see what some amazing people can do when they put their talents to use for, for the right reasons. And um, and and true journalists, and there they really are good journalists out there, and I don't think we give them enough credit. So, so there's my shout-out to the journalism okay. world. Um,
0: and yeah. I would, I, I, I've seen a few of your YouTubes. They're excellent. I endorse them. They're, they're humorous and they're serious at the same time. You've got an important cause, but it's very well done. And uh, I, I wish you all the best, Ron. And let's stay in touch and uh, maybe do some more programming as, as things develop.
1: That sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having the time to talk with me and let me share this, Charles. Thank you
0: so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Ron. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.